This is the Psychic Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rossiter. I'm an artist, writer, and psychic medium living in Hawaii. This show is about people who are intuitive and creative, and what the process of integrating that awareness looks and feels like, and how we can access and develop that place inside of us all that is supremely psychic. This episode, I talk with Susan Leahy, and she's a relationship and a business coach who I met here in Mexico. She's just a fabulous person, and she really walks the walk and talks the talk. So I love her whole premise, which is that you deserve to feel good. And she really bases her life and work on this idea. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. So welcome, Susan Leahy, to the Psychic Artist Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. You're a relationship and business coach, and please fill us in on what you're up to. I'm super glad to be here, Sarah. And, and I think, well, so connected artists, being artists, artists love art, and artists love, and artists, uh, I think, bring love to the planet. And that's what I talk about. I talk about how to feel good in love, and uh, it's the art of really being in a healthy relationship with your primary partner, whoever that might be. And yeah. so I think today we're going to be talking about my webinar series called you, De you deserve to feel good in love. Yeah. And I watched it. I was really inspired by it. And I've been practicing some of the things that you suggested in the first part. And so one of the things that you start with is that love is a practice and also this idea that we are powerful creators. So that's really in line with what I talk about in this podcast. It's like, we are artists, but we're also creators of our experience. And yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I also talk a lot about love. So, you know, you're, you're really like talking about it in reality in the day-to-day -day practice. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we give our power away when we, we hear the word relationship, because we think it involves another person, but the reality is whatever relationship you're going to be in first has to start. And we all know this with our relationship with ourselves. And, and I think that sometimes it, we, we lose ourselves when we, when we move into a relationship with another human being and, and we forget about how important uh, the relationship with self is. And, and we then think that when the other person doesn't act the way we need them to act or they show up in a certain way and it, it agitates or irritates, we make it about the other person. And so this really is about taking one's power back and really being the embodied power of love. Mm -hmm. You know, because yeah. love is the, the ultimate power. When you, when you think about every song, every, you know, there's so much, it's just about love. What is love and, and how powerful a force it is and, and how, how many times in our lives we feel powerless in our love relationships. Yeah. And so, so I think that the conversation that I'm offering in these webinars is unique because it really is about supporting individuals to take back the the practice and the power of where love resides for anybody in their life and that's really starting with the relationship you're having with yourself and how you're practicing love with yourself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. am i being loving with me 
And, 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 and I find, especially as a woman, I'll just kind of put that out there, like self-care first thing that goes off the charts when everybody else is busy and needs things. I don't take care of me. Yeah. And I end up taking care of everybody else. And then I wonder why at the end of the day, I'm like, ah! <laughs> or I'm not able to, you know, give or, or receive or generate what I want in my life. I feel like you, I can almost directly chart how much self-care is happening with how I can treat others, my yeah. capacity to love or, or process information or act the way I want to act in daily life is directly impacted by how much self-care or healing is put into, or consciousness is given to myself to start the day. Right. And I, it's funny. Cause as you say connection, I think that sometimes people think that connection is outside of self. When I hear you say that, I mean, it's like, it's that your, your self-care is, can, is the, the generous connection back into oneself. Yeah. You know, so I have pouring into self. I have yeah. my practice as this internal thing, like calling in angels and spirit guides, yes. clearing yeah. my energy, getting grounded, releasing anything that's not aligned for me. And then connecting to the soul, the higher self, like, what is it that I need to do today? Like surrendering in a way to this aspect of yourself. And then you're like, oh, the family. And then I brought all these other people out here. (laughs) And so I feel like what you're really good at is that transition from like, okay, maybe I've, I've mastered the art of self-care in certain circumstances. Yeah. And then I have these ideals for how I want to treat the world or my family or how I want to be in the world. But then there's this disconnect between how do you actually do that? Yeah. yeah. And the people, each person that comes into your world, your partner, your children, your, the people you work with is going to have a different energy signature, different agenda. Yeah. And uh, I work a lot with boundaries as well, because it's so uh, being an empathic person and an artist and psychic, it's really intense. Yeah. And how do you actually implement? So I feel like let's talk about what you actually well, let, so let's, just, let's start at the beginning of the conversation in the webinar that you watched. And so this webinar is the first in the you deserve to feel good and love webinar series. And this is a complimentary webinar. I know that we're going to put a link at the end of this for every, anyone who's interested in, in hearing more, but the conversation really starts with thinking about um, and just posing a few questions. So, so the few questions that I pose are what if love isn't a feeling? Like, what if love isn't a feeling, right? So it's like, hmm, like, what if, what if, what if we've been kind of sold a bill of goods and we've, we've been kind of indoctrinated by the films that we've watched and the, you know, the hormones that we've experienced when we were teenagers that we, we, we think, and we put too much clout in the idea that love is a feeling. I'm not saying that love doesn't feel, but I'm saying that what if love isn't a feeling? Mm-hmm. Right. And so just think about that for a moment and, and, and what would shift if love wasn't just a feeling. And then the next question that I ask is, well, what if love isn't a feeling? What if love is a practice? Like what, what, what would happen in your life if you adopted this idea that love is a practice? It's something that you have to commit to doing for yourself every single day that, that I am in a loving practice. Mm-hmm. with myself. And so what would shift and what, what behaviors, what attitudes, what energies would shift if you could be more playful in your practice with yourself, right? And, and really give yourself permission to indulge in the idea of, I'm going to practice 
being more loving with myself today so that I can then, and now this is where it really gets interesting. I can be the embodiment of love for the people that are around me, right? So I don't want to just love my children. I want to be the embodied action and practice of love for my children. So what does that look like? So what does that look like, right? So for me, I am always in a gratitude practice with my children. And one of the very simple gratitude practices I've been doing since the day they were born, and I do it every day, is I tell each of my kids, thank you for being my daughter. Thank you for being my son. And in turn, being in the embodied practice of gratitude and love with my husband, I've said to him every day since I've met him, thank you for being my husband. Started out, thank you for being my boyfriend. (laughs) you know, and I'm now 20 years into this marriage, into this relationship. And I will tell you what that gratitude, that small gratitude practice has done for me accumulated over 20 years. It's magical because when I get angry at my daughter, which sometimes I do, I start the, I start the conversation with, thank you for being my daughter. Mm -hmm. And it grounds me in being able to be in the conversation with her in a different way. That's amazing. I love that. And so it's a cumulative practice that you get to pay the benefit of as the time goes by. But many of us in the beginning find it easy to be in these practices in our relationship, but we forget to practice. And then we wonder why the relationship starts to feel stressed. Yeah. Or we don't see the practical application in our lives. Like sometimes the spiritual and the energetic, um, awarenesses can be so lofty and so profound internally, but we don't know how to integrate it into daily language. Yeah. And I think that's what what I'm able to do in this, in in this program is take it out of just kind of, I'm going to meditate and pray my way through this to how do I really speak it into existence? So it does create harmony and it does lessen the resistance and it does allow me to settle into being the loving person that I want to be while still loving my boundaries. One yeah. of the, I'm going to share with you how I fight with my husband. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It looks it. like this. It looks like this. It goes, Jared, you deserve to feel good. And I deserve to feel good. And this doesn't feel good. So what are we <laughs> going to do to feel good? Right. So, so this journey isn't all about ah, rainbows and sunshine. It's, it's, it's being committed to a loving practice. And part of that is recognizing when it's not loving. Right. So arguing for, and this is one of the things that I teach in, in, I think it's the third webinar, it's how to fight fair and anchor your love. And so it's that sense of how do you really fight in a loving manner and be the embodiment of fighting for love? Whoa, that's a big one because most of us are fighting to be right. Yeah. So you deserve to feel good and I deserve to feel good. And this doesn't feel good. So what are we going to do so that we can feel good is a really practical way to start any argument. Mm -hmm. And you're really honoring your voice. Like you are taking responsibility for your feelings, but you're committed to the rubric of the relationship. Your beliefs are present in your words. I feel like you're master of communication. It's not that we have to be perfect individuals, but we're no. committed to our ideals and you have the tools to communicate Yeah, and you're, you're fearless in the, your commitment to that 
I, I find that so inspiring because I have visited your home and we've talked and I've met your family and it's true. You are constantly honest and present with these tools because you believe in them and your family seems to understand that and they are able to participate in that too. I yeah. And, and I'm not doing these tools for them. This is not about my husband. This is not about my children. You know, you really want to go on a ride in my mind. I don't even think parenting involves children. Okay. Like, I mean, this is how, this is how personal responsibility sets in. It's that we think that parenting is about children. No, parenting is about really parenting yourself to make sure that you're staying in your space of love and grounding so that you can invite your children to find their own space of love and grounding. Yeah, that's. To me, what you're saying is like the ultimate in boundaries and the understanding of self-empowerment. Yeah. How we should be with all people in the world. Yeah. And, and, and I will tell you, there is no greater or more sacred gift than being able to be that with the people you're living with. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and, 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 and I'm, this is not about being friends with everyone in the world. Cause that would be exhausting. There's some, some people that I, I can't spend time there, but when I'm thinking about my home and my primary partner, the one thing that I know is that I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel good. And you know what? My partner deserves to feel good. And in turn, when I feel good and my partner feel good, then it trickles down and my children are going to feel good. Yeah. But I'm not responsible for my children feeling good. That's their journey. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, so I, it's interesting, like, it's controversial to say this, but I, I, I would love to just offer this as a conversation for people to go, hmm, so you don't have to agree with me or disagree with me. I would just love for people to go, hmm, like what if we broke down this construct of being in love with one another? I'm so in love with him. I'm so in love with him, right? Which sounds like this fairy tale. And what if we really le- leaned into the concept of, of being the embodiment of love for him. Mm -hmm. What would happen all of a sudden? How would I show up differently? How would it be different for me if I was committed to being the embodiment? Because God knows I don't feel it every day, but I do. (laughs) I will say this. I do feel it way more than the average person. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my life is full of You're pointing back to your own heart constantly. Constantly, constantly must be authentic and connected to one's heart if you cannot feel love for yourself what good does that do the people around you and i want also to not exclude this conversation that part of feeling love for your own heart is the willingness to sit with your heart when your heart is in pain Mm -hmm. this is not the exclusion of pain this is not the denying of hurt Mm -hmm. this is that you're strong enough i'm strong enough to feel all of what it is that I'm feeling, but then speak up for what it is that I want. And that is love. And that is to feel good. So I can, I can be honest with this does not feel good. I don't like what I'm feeling right now. This is painful. And I can <laughs> speak into that and use that pain as an indicator that will allow me to shift the conversation so that I can start moving in the direction of what I want more of. Because mm-hmm. many of us don't know how to argue for love. We're arguing for limitation. We're arguing through our judgments. 
We're arguing through our fear, but what we're not arguing for is our future. We're not arguing for our fun. We're not arguing for feeling, feeling good. And that's, I think, a learned skill. Yeah. Yeah. So of course we were shown very different models as children and our parents, they were shown very different models. So yeah, yeah. So much of this past several years for me has been breaking free of these paradigms that I didn't even realize I was living in. Like as an artist, I was always aware that I don't believe in the system and I understand we must deconstruct everything and the meaning of things. But as a person, and having a family and being a mother, I've had to really relook at a lot of structures and start to understand how do I create the world I want to create? I am now in charge of my world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have these other beings that are looking to me for guidance. Yeah. How do I create this? And yeah. be the embodiment of love is such a beautiful thing the way you say that, because I really feel that it. It's so effective when you come from that place as opposed to trying to force or change. And I know you talked in your webinar about power over versus power. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, and, and that was a new concept for me. Maybe you want to talk about that. Okay, so this is, and I want to say this because again, when we talk about the embodiment of love, I think it sounds almost like, like we have to be Mother Teresa. Yeah, yeah. We have to, you know, we have to be able to float our way through a situation. And I want everyone to realize that it's messy mm -hmm. and there's going to be bumps along the way and there's resistance. And it, 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 it is it is a human, messy, juicy, awkward, amazing, expansive experience. It's all of it. And yeah. I think sometimes when we're we're in the, the resistance, we're, we're judging ourselves as if we're failing. Right. And when we can just know that this is all part, nobody's exempt from the human experience. So I guess I don't want to make this conversation too sterile and too, ver how do you, just like virginal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Angelic. Yeah, angelic. I don't want to make it too like where it's just floating and, and not an ethereal where we can't touch it. And I'm like, because down here on, on boots on the ground, it's real. Yeah. It's real. It's hot and it's sweaty and it's, you know, and, and, and it's also exhilarating and it's fun. So I want people to own all of the experience and I want, I want them to know that that's part of loving yourself. Right. I remember one time when we moved to Mexico, um, we actually, I'll just kind of share that's actually where Sarah and I met. It was in Mexico is in Mexico. Um, I moved here seven years ago with my family didn't know anybody. And it was extremely jarring for me physically. I just, it was so everything smelled different. I didn't know anybody. It was a permanent move. It was very scary. It was very jarring. Nothing looked normal. And I remember sitting in the car with my, my kids and my husband one day, and I had a complete meltdown and I was just sitting in the car, having a just crying moment, weeping and crying and upset and, and I remember in that moment, my, everyone was just silent. Like nobody knew what to do. And I remember turning my children and I said, I just want you to know, this is where mommy needs to be right now, but it's not where mommy's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's that sense of me giving myself the dignity of where I am in that moment, but being able to reassure everyone around me, they don't need to manage this. I got this. 
And I think that sometimes in love, we give our power away because we want someone else to manage it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I can just own it and just say, you can just witness this and I'll be out in a moment. Then all of a sudden everyone can sit with you differently. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful example for them. I, I always think of that when I feel like I've made mistakes or screwed up as a parent, the repair is so, or the way that you explained that to them is the pivotal moment where they realize, oh, I'm going to have a feeling like this someday and it's going to be okay. It's, it's going to be okay. You don't just yeah. die because you had a big emotion. Like no, no one kicks you out of the car. Like it's yeah. okay. And things change. And, yeah. um, and, and I make mistakes and I apologize and, and forgiveness is a part of our relationship. Yeah. And, and that's available to all of us. And so I'm going to, and I'm going to say that the forgiveness is a part of a relationship. And then the other part that I think we should all work really so much more on is validation. Okay. Right? So, so we always want people to get good at forgiving, but I think where we wane as a, as a, as a whole is we can get a whole lot better at validating. And one of the ways that we validate in my, in my marriage is when we got married, we had a, a mission statement for our marriage and it's, we will be in a happy, healthy, loving, and fun marriage. And this was validating the marriage that we want to live into. And so it's written on the inside cover of our wedding album. And that wasn't some strategic thing that we did, but it's been an absolute um, anchor in uh, how we uh, get through difficult moments. So I, I, I kind of alluded to how we argue, you deserve to feel good and I deserve to feel good and this doesn't feel good. So what, what are we going to do to feel good? We also use our mission statement to say, you know what, we will be in a happy, healthy, loving and fun marriage. And this isn't feeling any, this isn't feeling very fun right now. Mm -hmm. So how do we, what are we going to do to have more fun? Right. So what we're constantly doing is arguing towards and validating what what we want to think, what we want to feel, what we want to create. Most couples never really define the energetic experience of their relationship. Right. And so let's talk about power. Let's go back to where you were talking about is that uh, there's a model that I share in this this first complimentary webinar, because love is the ultimate power. Right. There is nothing more powerful than love. Like songs have been written about it. It is what we all want in our life. And so we don't, we don't, a lot of us have never really studied our relationship with power. Right. We all know what it feels like to get into a power struggle and to feel like someone has, has power over us and to feel defeated and powerless. So we know and we understand the idea of power over, but there's another side, which is called power with. And in my opinion, power with is where our humanity resides, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? We want, we want to figure out how to be more in power with ourselves. How do we be more in power with our conversations with our primary partner? How do we really set ourselves and our thinking and our being up for a win-win? So it's this, this relationship with, am I in power over? And I'm going to be very physical so you can see this. I know that some of you are listening to this on a podcast, but power over leaves you with your thumb down energy. Yeah. Walk away from that exchange deflated. Power with is thumbs up energy. You walk away with your, oh, you feel uplifted, engaged, enrolled, connected. I want more thumb up energy in my life. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I have to be thumb up thinking. 
And that's power with. We don't need to practice power over because we all inherently get that. We understand that. But yeah. to be power with, that's the practice. And I, I, I understand this model, but I don't excel always in this model. <laughs> I get trapped in power over. And, I'm, and you get into these power struggles. You get into power struggles in conversations with yourself. You get into conversations with your friends. You get into power struggles. And when you get in those power struggles, you're trying to have power over. You're trying to win. Right? So when you saw that power over power with paradigm, what did it make you think related to your relationship? Oh, it was really profound. It shifted my thinking immediately. I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Yeah. You, you even listed like a whole bunch of qualities. Like, do you blame the other person? Do you, you know. Point fingers. Do you withhold, withhold affection? Do you use money? As a, yeah, so there's, you, you, you see these when you see them written out. It's like, oh. And I want you to know the vast majority of people go, oh, I do that. I do that. I do that. And, and this paradigm is not about pointing it out. So you feel shame, because if you go to shame, that's your own emotions having power over you. Yes. Yes. When you feel guilt and you feel shame and you feel embarrassment, that's your own self being in power over with you. Sure. I felt more that? like you were, you were showing me some truth. Yeah. Right. Like I was able to see my actions through a lens with more clarity mm -hmm. because over the years, I've really worked on taking back ownership for my emotions, like these sort of more childhood learned behaviors of yeah. withholding love, or when you get mad at someone, stop speaking to them or always wanting to give up on a relationship if you're not getting what you want. And mm -hmm. I've, you know, in the last several years, consciously really focused on my own healing. Like when I have a problem, I first look to myself, like, what is my participation yeah, what am I doing? in this? Yeah. What and am I what doing? Is about? And I look bigger. I look maybe psychically at what's going on for me. What is this about? What is the past life karma? What is the, the relation? What's the lesson for me to yeah. learn here? Yeah. And I look in with those kind of glasses first. And I felt like what you were sharing with me about power over versus power with is a really um, effective daily question, minute to minute question totally. in any, with any person, with any idea, like, okay, we're going to do this podcast. How am I going to interact with you? Like, how do I want you to be versus how am I showing up? Yeah, yeah. I, am I here with you and open, or am I trying to control the situation? So I think it's just a. I mean, I love what you're a saying. Mind blowing it's, awareness. Like, it's levels, right? It's like it's it's with the individual. It's within the conversation you're having with yourself. So that it's so dynamic and it's happening moment to moment, multi-dimensionally, yes. in every single second of your interactions with yourself or anyone else. So it's like, am I in power over right now? Am I in power with right now? And being able to just become curious and playful so that you can start just making maybe small choices. And yeah. it, it creates a pivot that has a completely different outcome in its yeah. impact. And know? I know we're talking about relationships with partners right now, but I want to just go back for a moment to children, because you said something to me once about when your daughter was born, there was this idea that you had of what she was going to be like. 
And you know, you want to tell that story? Well, I, well, like well, this I relates really, to that kind of. I think thing. I think it's right out the gates. I always say I thank God for my daughter because she taught me very quickly that this is her life, not mine. And I think the story you're referencing is I thought that I was going to have this beautiful home birth, and I had planned it all out. And I, you know, I if, if there was anybody who deserved to have a home birth, it was me because I did all the meditation and I did all the classes and I had the right doula and the right midwife, and I was going to karmically break something for my family. And uh, 27 hours of labor later, that didn't happen. And she came out via C-section and it was like, she, right, right from the beginning, she kind of taught me that no mom, this is my journey. And so, so it was like, was I going to let that have power over me? And it took me a long time to heal from that experience because there's something else that's connected to it, which is called thwarted expectations, right? So when there's, and I don't know if that's the story you were telling, you wanted me to tell. It is. Um, yeah. No, I think it's really important because it's how our mind gets caught and we're not able to be present and be in power with. Yeah, yeah. Because we have all these expectations, especially with being a mom or a woman oh, in partnership man. with others yeah. where we get stuck. Stuck. And we, and we, and we, we, I was going to be the one that was in power in that situation rather than really being a participant, right? And really participating and, and being open. I didn't realize how in power over I was. I was trying to have control over that whole circumstance, mm -hmm. you know, the whole situation. And after I had my, my son, because the same thing happened to me with my son. I loved my home birth experience so much. I was going to single-handedly, you know, I was going to have a V back at home and, and um, it didn't work out again. My uterus ruptured. It was not in my divine plan, but I will tell you, I was a different person because of the experience with my daughter. And when I came home, I thanked my daughter because I was really able to enjoy my son's birth in such a different way. Interesting, Right. And so I think that sense of being grateful for the lessons we do learn with one another along the way. It takes thought to be thoughtful. And I want my children to speak nicely to one another. I want my husband to speak nicely to me. I want to speak nicely to my husband. And, and speaking nicely is a practice. Yeah. And speaking nicely doesn't mean not sharing what you're feeling. It means managing your feelings and owning that they're your feelings. And when we get messy in our home, we do do-overs so that we're not holding people to their first reaction. Because how many times in couples, and I tell you, my husband and I are very playful. And so if my husband comes at me with a reaction that I don't like, I'm like, whoa, I think we need to hit the do-over button on that. <laughs> do, you think, do you think we could come in a little bit softer or do you think we could come in with a little less edge? And so I think giving your partner the dignity of being able to do do-overs is so important. Mm. because when first reactions happen, if there isn't any space to be able to be, a, to, to own a different response, then people have to commit to their first reaction. Yeah. And, and that's so, it. Yeah. Dignity. And it's so human to have an extreme reaction. And, and for so many reasons, we don't know why all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it could take a year to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You're like, wow. And we literally, we will have a, you know, and those extreme, we'll, we hit the do-over button. And, and, and it's a playful way to invite people to own 
and remind people that you love and remind yourself that I am more than my first reaction. And you can hit the do-over button on yourself. Whoa, 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 mom's gonna hit the do-over button. That came out way too hard, right? So I hit the do-over button on myself so that I can then get more in alignment with what I wanna say, right? So we have a little bit of a playful practice with respects to having these, these very specific ways of practicing your language. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be more fun if more people could hit the do-over button? Well, the mindset is sort of the key. Like, you know, in your webinar, you talk about the mindset and having this sort of openness to this information. Like, mm-hmm. hmm. Mm. I actually did that with my daughter yesterday. She was in the car. She's like, mommy, what if we did this, this, and this? And I was like, hmm. She's like, what does that mean? <laughs> but she's only six. Yeah. But I, I, it was a great concept to make space in the mind. So yeah. maybe you talk about that. Okay. One of the other components of the complimentary webinar is I do talk about the importance of your mindset. And I do a very uh, simple exercise and I just invite people to make a fist. And this fist represents um, your mindset when it's closed and you're in what's called the fixed mindset. Right? So when you're in the fixed mindset, nothing can get in. That closed or fixed mindset is, is really the way a lot of us walk into, including me, walk into conversations. We walk into rooms not realizing how fixed or how closed our mindset is. And we spend a lot of our day in the fixed mindset because we're just moving through our schedule, doing the things we know we need to get done the way they need to get done. Let's go, people. Right. So we spend a lot of our time in the fixed mindset, but when we all of a sudden bump up against people and start interacting and we need to actually be in relationship, then all of a sudden that fixed mindset might not work as well. Especially if you're meeting up with somebody else who's in the fixed mindset, because that creates conflict, right? And resistance. And so I have to be aware of, wait a minute, Am I in the fixed mindset or am I in what I call the growth mindset? And I invite people to take a fist and just open it up. So they're kind of opening up the palm of their hand a little bit. And now what they have is space. You have space, space for your opinion, someone else's opinion. You have space to create something that didn't exist before. And so moving from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset is very difficult for human beings. So we've created a method where you just stick up one finger, stick it to the corner of your mouth and you go, hmm, hmm. Because it's at the level of curiosity that we start opening up the mindset. We start opening ourselves, you know? And for me, openness is what leads to joy. And that's what I want more. I'm not living a joyful life when I'm stuck in the fixed mindset. No. Yes. And joy stands for just open yourself. Just open yourself, open your mindset, open, open up your, your, the way you're thinking, open up your heart center, open up to a new possibility. Right. And that's open up to the practice. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. I feel like, um, I, I want to know where this all came from for you, even though it's just, I want to keep talking about, let's get the tools, let's learn how to do this. And I'm going to take the rest of your webinars, but for you, where did, where did this amazing realization come from? As I was watching you speak, I feel like you're a channel for this beautiful information and you so embody it in your yeah. life, but you've really 
there's this clarity that runs through your words and mm-hmm. your being. Mm-hmm. How do you? How I do am you channeling it. I am channeling it. I have known. I have known since I was a small child. I don't know why. It was a voice that came to me when I was very young, and it was so loud, and it just said, "You deserve to feel good." And, mm-hmm. and without any, without any wavering, I, I know this, I don't know what happened before I got here. I don't know what happened, what's going to happen after I leave here, but I know that I am a conduit for feeling good. And I know that I know that, that I understand and I have a grasp of this and, you know, this, this is my life's work. This yeah. is the conversation that I'm in. This is what I'm interested in my children seeing reflected out of my body so that they can embody it for themselves however they embody it for themselves and make sense of it for themselves and 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 so i think there is no more important conversation than the one we're in right now and i want i want other people to start thinking about well what is their conversation about love because guess what you deserve to feel good <laughs> you deserve to feel good i think the the world would be a dramatically different place if that was something that more human beings could really anchor into their psyche. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to be in joy. You deserve that. I deserve that. And that's what I want to elevate in my conversations. I was super lucky to have two really amazing parents. They weren't perfect, but they were, you know, they sure were fun. My mom was a professional clown. And my father was a career Marine and they were married for 42 years before my, my mother passed of cancer. And uh, they were a privilege to watch. They loved each other and they were the embodiment of love for each other up until my dad, my mom's last day. And my mom also thanked me every day of my life. Thank you for being my daughter. And it's something that, that was a gift that I have been able to carry on into my family. And I did go on to get a master's in behavioral science with an emphasis in coaching and consulting. And it's grounded in marriage family therapy. And so uh, I always tease, I got a master's to learn how to be married. Uh, cause that's where it really, <laughs> cause that's where it really all tied together for me because my parents never really gave me an example of how to fight. They'd, I asked them one day, I said, do you guys ever fight? And my dad would tease. He goes, I didn't marry your mother to fight with her. That's what he'd say. But they did have strong words. And what they said is that they would get in the car and they would go and they would leave. They would not argue in front of the children, which I'm taking a completely different route because I want my children to be able to see me arguing with myself for my happiness. I want my children to see an example of how to argue with your primary partner for your happiness. And so when my husband and I are are having arguments, we will do it in front of the children. And while we're doing it, we will validate the children that mommy and daddy still love each other. We're just in a disagreement right now. So we'll actually be narrating the argument while the argument is happening um, or the disagreement so that we could give the kids an example of what it, what it looks like. Yeah, because if you don't know what that looks like, I didn't know. No role model yeah. for I didn't know. I did not know. I did not know. I knew what gratitude looked like, but I didn't know how to argue. And and that was a real sticking point for me for a lot of years. And so these these tips and techniques that I've cultivated in my marriage and what I've been teaching to my clients, 
um, create relief. And that's really what I want for people is, is relief. I want people to feel good uh, as individuals and then in their relationship and feel like they have something um, to kind of lean on. Yeah. And, and I'll, I like also that you said that you're creating this sort of checklist of things that each partner could read through. And you were talking about creating something for a date night where yeah. they would, they would each almost communicate with themselves first. It's yeah. almost like, um, as we each take responsibility for our thoughts, emotions, and actions, we look within, but then we choose to come together. And if, yeah. if both partners are consciously looking within, it could be such a different experience. Totally. And I will say like, it's been amazing for me because with, with the practices that my husband and I have been doing over these 20 years, the man that I am married to today is completely different than the man that I was married to when I first was married to him and his ability to be able to validate me and, and give me kind of so much of what I've been giving. And it's like, it's now this, this reciprocal experience and we're both playing in the practice and our marriage is even more fun. And I am excited about the next 20 years. And I, it's that it's, and it's because of the momentum of the practice that I've been in. So I'm going to just, and I think we're kind of coming up to the, the end of this. So I want to leave with what we probably should started with in the beginning is that if you are married, you only have four choices. This is it. You are either going to be married, happy, or married, unhappy, or you're going to be divorced, happy, or divorced, unhappy. Like that's it. And so when I work with my couples and they come to me and they're in some level of, of stress, I always tell them, I'm not coaching you to stay together. I'm coaching you to learn individually how to feel good and find your own individual happiness because then the rest will figure itself out. Because if you're destined to be married, be married happy. But if you're not destined to be married, be unmarried happy. Because what I'm concerned about is your happiness. And that's really what I want for my clients and what I want for them. For them. And I, I feel like my You Deserve to Feel Good webinars gives a, a, a really um, practical overview of a point of view that creates a lot of relief. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think they're really exciting. And this whole shift of one's mindset in terms of how to be in relation with others is very important and profound for us. And like on a small level and a medium level mm. and a big level, it it's, could be very transformative if we all looked at the world that way. And, <laughs> right. Um, and, what I, I, and what I'm interested in is people looking at it and incorporating it so it makes sense for them and creates relief for them and feels good for them. Yeah. Right. And it, it's so unique. Each person has really unique needs. Totally. And it changes over time. Like sometimes yeah. you re-meet your partner midway through the relationship. Like yeah, absolutely. What? Right. Like, yeah. We all go through in, in immense amounts of change and release and transformation during our time here. And that's a privilege. Yeah. When, when you are able to do that all that hard work and fun work and complex work and dynamic work with another human being, I don't think there is a greater, greater privilege. 
you know, and, and Jared has seen me at my most confident and he's also witnessed me at my weakest. Mm -hmm. He's my witness. He's my witness to what is this ride and this journey that is very intimate to me. And I'm his witness mm -hmm. to what is a really intimate journey to him. And can I be the embodiment of love for myself so that I can be that for him? Yeah. He's just get he's, he's where I get to practice. <laughs> I, I want more people to practice love because it's really fun. Yeah. And it feels good and people deserve to feel good. Yeah. Oh, it's such a beautiful experience to be with you. I'm so glad I met you, Susan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. And so do you want to share how people can try your webinar and get to know you more? You have a beautiful website. Yeah. Well, you can find me at SusanLahey.com and Leahy is L-E-A-H-Y. If the webinar has spoken to you, I know that you have the website love.SusanLahey.com. Go there, sign up for the free complimentary webinar. Uh, and if you enjoy what you watch, you can unlock the other webinars. And again, it's a really great thing that you can do with your partner. So you guys both can sit down and watch the webinar together and see what it stimulates. I am creating a book based on this webinar series that will include date night activities. But for now, go seek the, the complimentary webinar and just own that you deserve to feel good and love. Thank you. So oh, many thank you. hugs and blessings. It's just really great to connect with you. And I'm so glad that you're sharing this with my audience because I, even though I focus a lot on, you know, angelic love and creative energy, I think this idea of how we operate in day-to-day -day life and in partnership can be a continuation of that love that we experience and that creativity we experience. We've got to extend that into everything that we do. Yeah. 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 It gets to emphasize and magnify, you know, and expand that, which is us, you yeah. know, that, which is me. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for the voice that you are in the world. And I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Susan Leahy. You can find out more at her website, susanleahy.com, and also sign up for her free webinar if you're interested in learning more about her relationship work and relationship coaching. And if you're interested in working with me, I can do psychic readings that will help you with relationships as well as opening up your creativity and connecting to your higher self. So you can go to sarahroster.com sessions to find out more and uh, see if there's some way that I can serve you. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Psychic Artist Podcast. To learn more about me, you can go to sarahrossiter.com, on Facebook at the Psychic Artist Podcast, and on Instagram at srossiterstudio. Thank you for listening and many blessings.